So I'm super excited to let all of our listeners know that we have our first sponsor. And this is a big deal for me. It's a big deal in many ways. But the most important thing is that I wouldn't choose a sponsor that I didn't believe in. And our sponsor is Denny Tato. She is the president of Corporate Consciousness, and she uses a tool called the Enneagram. And if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's an amazing assessment, and it really helps in building emotional intelligence. I've used it. My husband has used it. I've recommended it to teams and to clients. But it's not just the tool. It's really more than that. It's Denny. Denny has this innate ability to coach teams and individuals. I know this because I coach others too. So take it from me. She's pretty amazing. So if you want to develop your greatest asset, your employees, you're ready to take it to the next level, check out corpconsciousness.com. I, I wrote this down, you know, fails occasionally, learns continuously. We know we're going to fail all the time. This one worked here, but what's the next best one we can buy? Failing. 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 I know. We talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. So Jim Price, everybody, CEO of Empower, is here today. Welcome, Jim. Thank you, Sarah. It is an honor to be here, actually. Oh, I'm so happy that you're here. Yes. Um, when I first started this and I created like a list of people that I thought I wanted to have on the show, you were on that list. Well, thank you. So I'm really psyched that you're here. And I secretly wanted to be on your show. <gasps> you did? <laughs> yes. You know that I love that. <laughs> and when I saw you at dinner... Over the holidays, I was hoping I would, you know, it's kind of like getting invited to the prom or something. I was oh hoping you God. would ask me. <laughs> I'm high-fiving you. All right, let's yes, do it. Yes, <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, so talk about, give us some background. Mm -hmm. Love to hear about your family too. I know you're the only boy yes. and you have a sister. Three. You have three sisters? Yeah. Okay, I was thinking two. Mm -hmm. Actually, I said one sister, but I was thinking, I knew you had a younger one, but you have two olders too. I am uh, the second in line, one older, two younger. Okay. Yes. All but right. my older sister is a half sister, my dad from previous marriage. Okay. All of them are very unique stories. But, um, you know, my older sister, she's a, a showrunner in LA uh, and uh, does all sorts of reality TV. Then Seriously? I have, yeah. And then I have a sister, Molly, who was in the Marine Corps for 10 years and her husband flies. Uh, the president and uh, what? he's a helicopter pilot. Yeah. And my sister was a helicopter pilot and flew uh, two, two tours in Afghanistan, one in Iraq and little five foot three uh, girl. Oh and God. then my youngest sister, Mary Jessie is in Chicago and she is uh, works in software sales, but also in improv um, and no is on, way. yeah, she's got a, a, a going to be on the main stage at second city in about three or four weeks. Get out. Yeah, it's like her big breakthrough. So she's excited for that. And then, of course, I have I have three daughters and a female How dog. How could I? <laughs> you are surrounded. Yes. And you had a really successful mom, which yes. for me growing up, she was, although I did not know your parents really well, but she was one of those women that I first remember. She was a career woman. woman and my mom stayed at home. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of unique for me, which was good for for young women to see. Yeah, yeah. My mom uh, is really an inspiration and and one of the reasons I'm here not only as a person but as a, a business yeah. leader, you know, uh 
she founded the company that I now run 30, almost 35 years ago, was a real pioneer in media and advertising. Uh, and actually, you know, at P&G back in the day. And um, Did she it, work at P&G? Yeah, that? 12, uh, 13 years. And if you know um, Peg Wyant. Yes. Uh, Peg and her were- Who I want to get on the show. Yeah, you got to get her. Yeah. But uh, they were very close colleagues. Peg was uh, my mother's boss at, uh, at P&G. And uh, the, the company was founded actually because- uh, of a colleague of theirs at PNG decided to start uh, a little company that was called Lenscrafters, had the idea to get your eyeglasses get in about an hour done in the town. store. Yeah, my mom left PNG and started working for him. His name was Dean Butler and created the company that was called Media That Works originally. Okay. And they grew from three to 200 markets in 10 years. Dean and my mother working kind of market by market, customized media and marketing plans. And that's kind of how the business got going back in the what day. What does your dad do? So my dad, uh, he was actually CEO of Empower for a while. He came over a couple years after my mother started, but for many years was in uh, Taft Broadcasting. Mm -hmm. um, he ran Kings Island in the 70s. Oh. He was general manager. Oh and the, the weird story with the Wyants is my, my dad was Jack's boss at one point at Kings Island, and my, my mom, mom ran, was, worked for Peg yeah. at, at PNG. But they, my mom and Peg were really pioneers um, – at PNG for women and mm -hmm. and really getting um, women to get the rights. Uh, she has some really interesting stories about. In fact, one of the reasons she ended up leaving PNG was because she didn't she didn't feel like she was getting promoted when she should have. Mm -hmm. uh, and Peg helped her. I need to kind get of her on. Get her out the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she did good. Yeah. And That's very yeah. Because it was tough. Very very tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Back then, um, some really interesting stories. Uh, that she has, but okay. Uh, so, so you grew up, grew up in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Um, what did your oldest sister, half sister, did she live with you guys or was she older? No, she, uh, I didn't really know her growing up, so okay. she grew up in the state of Washington. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. it was really the three of you, yeah. It was the well, it was my two younger sisters and myself, yeah, the three of us, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, what yeah. was growing up kind of like? Well, growing up was interesting, of that. you know, uh. Gosh, I you know I grew up in I grew up in Anderson, um, went to Summit. You know I know you from those days yeah. uh, all the way through high school. Uh, I I grew up in a very privileged household and was very lucky. My parents had great jobs through their career, but you know really they're very entrepreneurial, and therefore we were we were pretty entrepreneurial as kids, and always encouraged to get out and try new things and create our own uh, create our own paths. Uh, so. I was very much into sports, like most like most boys. My sisters were all very kind of tomboyish as well, you know. So yeah. uh, I kind of turned them that way, which I'm pretty proud of uh, still to this day. Uh, and uh, you know, growing up was was fabulous. I like no great friends, you know, great lifelong friends that I've met still since first day. grade. I yeah. still keep in contact with here in Cincinnati. I've you, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cincinnati Gym. I'm a big fan of this city. I yeah. love it. I have a big passion for uh, continuing to make it a great place and known for for all it's it's been and all it's giving me given me throughout the years. So okay, so you're here. Do you go away to college? Do you stay here? Yeah, I went away to uh, Presbyterian College. It's where's that? It's in Clinton, South Carolina. It's a okay. small little school, uh, about two thousand students. I always uh, wanted to kind of keep a small, intimate kind of educational experience. Uh, so I, my dad and I researched schools, went down south, kind of took a chance and yeah. uh, I enjoyed it. I ended up playing 
a little bit of soccer okay, there. That was, was a, that was a reason, a, a small reason um, as to why I went there. But it was hard at first, deep south, very different. Uh, and I had to, uh, I stuck it out. I wanted to leave when I first got there. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I ended up majoring in business. But growing up for me was very much, I was very much in the business because my my oh. parents started it, you know. They, they kind of took a leap of faith. Um, Did you know you wanted to go into it? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't ever really know I wanted to go into it until I did an internship in college around digital internet interactive marketing. Hmm. And I saw an opportunity for myself to come into advertising and media and really be someone that, that there wasn't in the industry at that point. And as a young person, yeah. I felt there wasn't a lot that actually when you're presenting digital internet plans and buys, you know, being young, you is actually an advantage. Yes, totally. <laughs> so I kind of saw that pretty quickly. And uh, I worked at a company called Beyond Interactive in uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. And they were pioneers in digital internet marketing. They'd read the Seth Godin books around permission marketing and okay. some, some of my favorite stuff. And they, uh, I, I was kind of a, a student of, of theirs, and I came to Empower right after I graduated and uh, brought that to bear at the company. And that's kind of always been my role since then is to, to help evolve the company um, and continue to grow the company in new and different ways. I've always said my role has been to embrace the ongoing diversity of media. Mm. Media changes so fast. All the time. Yeah. So. so I would say people like look at you. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, he's so handsome. He oh. has such a great job. His wife is so beautiful. Great kids. What the hell failure does he have? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've got no. So, I've got so, well, that's very kind of you to say. I, I don't know. I think I got kind of a face made for radio, as I like to say. <laughs> Jim, you know that's no, no. You know that's uh, But, you know, I... Uh, I, what was the question? <laughs> like people would see, and this this is what I love about the show mm -hmm. is that people see people's exteriors oh. and they think, oh my god, they've got it made, right? Life can't be that hard for them. Yeah, they haven't had any struggles. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody does. They're just different degrees, right? And uh, I, at the end of the day, we I work for clients, right? Yeah. And when you work for clients, we have a we have six values in Empower, and one of my favorite values that we wrote is uh, dust yourself off. And we always say, you know, dust yourself off is is because we work for clients and clients are tough, you know, yeah. and you know, our business is in media and I kind of call ourselves an investment bank for marketing dollars a little bit. So what really we do is clients give us their money. Um, we manage about, you know, a half a billion dollars a year for clients. So they give us their money. And if you work for an investment or with an investment advisor, yeah. you expect them to kind of do two main things. One is... Uh, safeguard your money. You yes. give someone else your money. You want them to make sure they're spending it appropriately. Also sharing with you how they're charging you for spending that money. So yeah. their fees. The other thing is show you some sort of return, right? Uh, return like, did my money grow by yeah. putting it in this mutual fund or this stock? We're the exact same. We take our clients' money. Sometimes it's their largest line item, yes. their marketing budget or their media budget. And we have to be very transparent about how we're spending that money. And then we have to show them a return. And the return usually is, you know, more people walking in their store, more e-com sales, more brand awareness or brand consideration. So we're always on tilt, right? Yeah. And the minute their business goes up or down, they love to point the finger at us. And uh, 
So, oh my gosh, yeah, there's there's failures every so single day. So I would day. think that that, and that would be a challenge. How do you, because I, I have found this personally at work sometimes. Everybody wants to be the hero, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be liked. They want to be the person that saves the day. And I would say not just with you guys, but even if it's like a brand or a marketing company, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a grind. Yeah. Yeah. And people know it's a grind. That's why young people go and work for advertising agencies mm-hmm. because it is fucking grind, yes. right? <laughs> so I do love that dust yourself off. Yeah. How do you teach people that, especially when mm-hmm. you've got younger employees? You know, this is new to. I, I wrote this down, you know, fails occasionally, learns continuously. Oh, I like you that. Know? So uh, we know we're going to fail all the time. In fact, just to give you some numbers, I think- we keep a running tally, but over 34 years, it's probably over 600 brands we've worked for. Well, right now we we work for about 20. Yeah. So just do the math, you know, <laughs> of how many have com- Wait, come and that? gone. Fails occasionally, learns <laughs> continuously. Love yeah. It. So we're always we're always learning. We're always figuring out what's what's working. The next we ca- sometimes we talk about the next best impression, you know, because essentially we're buying impressions. Yeah. So this one worked here, but what's the next best one we can buy, you know, to make sure that it's driving some sort of result. So it is hard. Uh, you know, clients are relentless. Uh, you have to be resilient. You know, it's right in that teeter-totter. I, I, I try to really never be too high or never too low. And that's one thing I've really learned from my sister, who's a Marine. Yes. It's very interesting how she operates. She, you know, there's a task at hand, you know, and she never gets too over emotional about anything because she's very even keel, very, uh, I would say, um, her mind is always never thinking too too high or too low, yeah. right? It allows her to just kind of steady as you go, you know? And um, I know that whenever there's a challenge, there's probably an opportunity around the corner. And I'm always about activity, just doing things and making sure I'm always learning and pushing the envelope and trying new things and, and taking risks. Um, it's really important in our business um, to, to think that way. Okay, so <clears throat> some listeners know that my uncle owns the Reds. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that he taught me, it was early on when they bought the team. And mm-hmm. We were sitting in the stands and I came up afterwards and I was like, Uncle Bob, oh my God, this fan was so excited and yeah. he's so excited for this season. <laughs> and my uncle was like, Sarah, that's awesome. But there is going to be that same fan who in a year is very unhappy with the team. Uh And my takeaway from that was exactly what you said. You've got to stay like a little bit in the middle, right? A little neutral around that, which is can be hard to do because you want to ride that high. Yeah. Yeah. You always do. I there. Gosh, every day I I have wins and I have failures. Yeah. Every day. I just don't really like surprises. You know? <laughs> okay, talk more about that. Say that. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I, you know, surprises, good or bad, sometimes are tough. Um, you know, I'm a planner. I'm kind of an arranger on the strength finder yeah. scale a little bit. I was totally going to ask you <laughs> what your strengths are, because I also think you probably have a lot of strategic cards. Yes. Do you? Uh, I'm, I'm you so- seem very strategic. Yeah, I'm more, I'm, I'm definitely on the positivity side. I'm definitely an arranger and I'm definitely, I think it's a creator. You know, um, okay. so I'm very much on the, I, I look, I like to look towards the future. Yeah. And I was just at the Consumer Electronics Show last week and that's like my playground, right? I mean, to just see all the things that are, that are coming to bear that 
you know, might not really make any sense, but are fun to dream about, you know, uh, is really where I like to spend my time and think. And therefore I, I kind of am more on the, the optimistic side of, yeah. I'm positivity too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm Uh, achiever is another one. Oh, achiever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're a ranger. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I like, I like things in order and I like plans. So therefore I don't really like surprises And our business is so much you really have to plan, you know, yeah. you have to be, and it, it's hard because it goes up and down a lot. Um, our business and everybody in advertising media becoming much more project oriented. Mm-hmm. So there's not that kind of annuity that used to come with AOR, agency of record type relationships okay. that clients and agencies had for years and years and years. They're very much, much more likely to to do the, the shootout between agencies and for yes. the project at hand. And so... Uh, and in, in, in our costs, 85% of our costs are in people, right? So we're, we're dealing with people's livelihoods, yeah. right? And so the the hardest thing is getting getting the, the right talent at the right time with the right client, with the right, with the right capabilities. And therefore, um, when you don't have that, unfortunately, sometimes the, the failures can be having to part ways with people yeah. when that's 85% of, of your costs are in the asset of your people, right? And so that's the hardest part about our business is, you know, is having to uh, play the the whack-a-mole game with the work that's coming down the pike with the people. And when I say good surprises too, sometimes, you know, clients or, you know, there's unpredicted revenue or projects that are coming and you don't have the people to get the work done. Yeah. And as you know, talent is, is inc- we, we increasingly- We have a war for talent right now. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to find. And, and unemployment's at what, three and a half percent? Right. It's just really hard to find um, high quality talent right now. Okay, I mean, so you said surprises are challenging for you. How do you manage it? And this is where I think it's important to share tips around this. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know you always got to have contingency plans. You always got to you got to always got to assume you got to have Plan B and Plan C. Um, and uh, you know also like I, I'll just go back to just having that that kind of even even keel. Um, and being transparent, you know, I, I really operate, our, one of our other values is let's be clear. So I really operate around uh, transparency at our agency. I'm a big believer in the minute you have news and you can share it, you get it out there. Yeah. Uh, you really want to be very clear about what's going on in the company. Um, and obviously, the more you can share, the more aligned people are, the more they get behind what you're trying to go accomplish versus, you know, kind of keep hiding it and so communication is really really key um random question yeah were your parents the surprise thing and like the planning Mm -hmm. how would they respond to those things to those those principles yeah no uh were were both your parents planners or was one of them more yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Flexible is not the right like spontaneous. Yes, they were definitely very different and I I um I would guess my mom was much more uh of the spontaneous. She was she was notorious for making a service up on the spot, you know. <laughs> you know like uh, the client wants this and they're like, "Oh, she's like, sure. "Oh yeah, we can we can make that happen and this is what we call it." And there'd be other people in the room like, 
well, we've never, what the hell is she talking about? We don't have that thing. You know? yeah. Well, we'll go back, you know, the meeting, is, we're going to go create that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Like, yeah, yeah, right? It's going to happen So tomorrow. she was more of the spontaneous, you know, uh, I would say my dad was probably the more organized, uh, you know, person keeping everything in line. Like he was, my mom still this day would be like, I, I have no idea about the finances of the agency. You know, it was like. That <laughs> she, was all him. That was all him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the debits and credits and making sure that that all. She was the salesperson and the dreaming up the big ideas and that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Where do you fall? Are you? I'm definitely that? more of. I'm definitely kind of a hybrid. And it, but I've evolved in my life. You know, and you know what does it is kids. Frankly, a yeah. little bit. You know, it's like, especially when it comes to. You know, I have three kids and, and life changes and you're like, man, I just can't fly by the seat of my pants like I did in my 20s. Totally. You know, I mean, yeah. even financially. Yeah. And uh, I'm very much, you know, I read too much of the the self-help type stuff, you know, and meditation, all this kind of stuff. So I've become more of a of a junkie around goal setting and planning and making sure I've got everything in a nice, even, by the way, another value we call breakfast first breakfast Cute. first is I love that yeah is our first fight and it's all about respecting the process okay did you come up so did you come up with these like when you took over we like we got to get some clear values yeah we really did it um, was, roger david talks in his episode here mm-hmm. he talked a lot about values yeah i mean we're very much interesting you guys are both marketers at okay. heart true yeah we're very much a value-driven company and i would say we we had a real opportunity. We built a building in OTR, yeah. a 60,000 square foot building. And we we have about 225 employees now. And when we moved them over, we were like, you know, I was so obsessed with this building. And, you know, I wanted it to be timeless. That was my key criteria. But, and I didn't want it to be about our business because the minute our business changes so rapidly. Oh, so yeah. we made, we, we were like, we, we should be about our people and our culture and the values. And so we had these kind of unspoken values. And then we like, we ended up writing them uh, in a creative way and using the building as our canvas for the values. So we have six installations in the building that represent each Get out. value. Yeah. So breakfast first, for example, we just have a giant picture of pancakes on the yeah. wall. <laughs> and, and we do love pancakes at Empower. And, you know, we even have our, our little internet is called breakfast first because it's where you start, you know, yeah. start your day. Uh, it's all about, you know, the idea if you start your day with a healthy breakfast, generally it goes better. And, uh, you know, there's there has to be process in place, but, you know, we're going to always bob and weave around that process. But, you know, role definition and making sure everybody is aligned from the beginning, doing that hard mm. work up front is really, really important because in our business, it takes so many people to come together. Yeah. To develop a, a media plan today that you got to have the process. So I want to take you back to this um, this planning piece that you just said, like, you know, meditation or self-help stuff. And it yeah. brought me to, and you and I have talked about this before, like, you know, a daily organizer around yeah. goal setting and things like that, which I have found it to be incredibly uh, game changing. So for listeners, whether it's best self or yeah, there are a couple others that are yeah. out there. Yeah, best self is is a great one. Um, I use this planner from it's Ink and Volt. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, and I really love it. Uh, it it just and I it's really the only physical writing I do. Um, other than I have started journaling, but I do it in my Evernote thanks to Andrew Dewitt who Does he do <laughs> he that? pushed me. Yeah, he's a. Yeah, I don't know if you know Dewey, but he's such a 
intellectual guy. He's so yeah. smart. And he just is like, I got to get my thoughts out. Yes. And he just starts writing. And he, well, he, he taught me because years ago I did a training for one of his CEO roundtable groups. Uh-huh. He taught me that at the end of every day, he writes down what he's going to work on the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's it's he's like he's told me that. Yeah. Game changer. So Ink and Volt for yeah. me, it's uh it's it forces you is there's three levels. There's the there's the the annual yes. kind of goal setting. Yes. Uh then there's the uh the monthly and then there's the weekly. And uh I I love my Sunday nights. That's my time where I sit down and Do you think. know mine is Sunday morning? Oh really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sunday nights is it's some it'll be morning sometimes. It's you know whenever I can find the time generally, sure. well, but most got often, three yeah, it's most often Sunday night, and I yeah, I I think a lot about what I want to do, but you know it's 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 all together. It's professional, personal community. So it sounds like you do a really good job of getting clear on what you want to create or the life that you want to live. So I'm just curious because I'm not always clear enough about that Mm -hmm. so tell me how you got to that point was that modeled for you did you learn it read about it i don't really remember how i got there as i mentioned it was so much probably due to life stage change Mm -hmm. and understanding that i had to if i if i wanted to get somewhere by a certain time, I had to really be more strategic about it. And I actually think, you know, I, I encourage people to do it, but not to the nth degree because I am almost, I've, I've gotten a little bit too anal about it. Yeah. And then I don't leave the time for free-flowing thought or just spontaneous interaction or, you know, I am a big believer in, you know, leading by walking around or, yeah. you know, being very involved and finding times to just do it opportunistic type stuff and when you get too regimented sometimes it doesn't leave time for that yeah it doesn't leave time for the create spontaneity or the spontaneity yeah 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 um are you creatively are you a writer are you uh like are you an artist no i don't have any of those right brain (laughs) i guess thing isn't that the right brain yeah Yeah, okay yeah, I don't have no. much of that. Is it left brain or right? Might be left brain. It's left brain. Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. I guess I am more right brain. In fact, I I had an art contest with my daughter that my other daughter judged and she's only 7. She <laughs> kicks my butt every night. <laughs> so, I definitely don't have any of that uh that artistic talent, but I do uh I've I've always kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a connector, I'm a relationship builder like like most people. I feel like I have a pretty good eye for talent. Um, I do like the number side of our business. I, you know, not to the, the deep analytics that yeah. required in our business today. Gosh, I can't, those people just run circles around me. They're just amazing people, uh, that do market impact modeling. And, you know, we have AI oh now and machine learning and all this stuff that we apply to our media plans. I couldn't even, I can, I can get the concepts at a high level, but can't do the, the detail. The work. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I really enjoy um, I enjoy innovation. I enjoy creating for the future. You know, I say I do three things um, as a leader in our company. And, you know, one is... Uh, that's aw- by the way, that's awesome. Okay, yeah, go I ahead. do. I uh, create for the future, which yeah. is definitely my, my most favorite. The The second is I manage the present. And that's that's the hard one. You know, every single day, the the ups and downs, the challenges with clients and, and people. And the last one is selectively forget the past. You know, that's the one that is really the hardest to do. And 
we talk about this a lot in leadership is, you know, making those, those hard choices when you know that you have to make them that no one else is willing to do. Because uh, in our business, you, you know, you have to do those. And yeah. they're very, very difficult to do. And a lot of it is getting out of the past and, you know, breaking things that you know necessarily aren't broke, but they need to be broken anyway, because the future is not going to allow that to happen. And um, Okay, Jim. Did you find these somewhere? Did yeah, you write I stole these? those. I stole those from the Harvard Business Review. <laughs> but they're good. They're so good, aren't they're they? They're so good. It was uh it was probably in an issue five years ago. I You I, read a lot. I read a lot. Yeah. I read I read bite sized stuff more than I read um I would say I have a lot of stuff that I like to read. Yeah. You know, it's rare that I'll read something from cover to cover. Yes. Uh, but I'll find things that I'll buy things on Amazon all the time and I'll just kind of, you know, get to the, get to the meat of it. I, yeah. my wife gets all of me cause I just like to read business stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I am not reading any fiction. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. She can read the fiction. Yeah. Okay. She can read the fiction. Yeah. What's your favorite book right now? The, my favorite right now is somewhat embarrassing and maybe you're familiar with Traction. Of course. Yeah. Everybody's hot on Traction. I know. And I... You know, that's what I've I'm saying. I've implemented level 10s. Oh my God, so have I. Level 10s are great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm a big fan of level 10s and our management meeting is was all over the map. And the minute I got that thing going, I love the, what's the EOS system? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes. I love it. I just, for an agency that's more on the creative side, yeah. you don't want to implement too much rigor because yes. it will starve of creativity. So level 10 is perfect. Level for, 10 is perfect. For, Yes. Yes. And I always, I also liked the uh, uh, seats and roles conversation yes. that they had. The uh, visionary, you're clearly the visionary. Yes. And is it implementer? Yes. The right? implementer, yeah. Do you have an implementer? Oh, yeah. And it helped me think a lot about the roles of the right roles in the company yeah. as well, too. And so that's one I, I keep and I reference and I've given out to probably three or four people. And yeah. then I gave it to my CEO. I was like, this book is yeah. amazing. By the way, I have a great, um, consultant do you um, really yeah who uh who was able to just do it uh, you know instead of reading it walk us through yes. some of the concepts so i did some consulting work for apollo mm -hmm. and jamie gertson brought it in oh, and yeah. so i got to see start to finish which was phenomenal learning for me yeah because he brought in a consultant it's nice. very helpful and i took it to my ypo forum did you really yeah and, and we they had not people had not used it no before? they hadn't and uh, we we did some exercises and it was uh, it was really good. Mm -hmm. And then we held ourselves accountable to doing a couple things from the EOS model yeah. and coming back and sharing what those were in our in our company. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's a it's a mainstream thing, but I would really uh, recommend. There's some good concepts in there. There's, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. You should see my book. I'm sure it's like yours. Like I have all these stickies in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it's very great. much that way. Yeah, I love to. I love to highlight and flag, and then, you, you know, you're just sitting there stuck sometimes. You can go back and just pull that stuff out. Yeah. I do it with the Harvard Business Review, too. It's sort of embarrassing. So I never read that. Yeah. You know why I like it is because it's always up to date. It's the most up-to-date. Do you get it, like, a hard copy, or is it all Oh, yeah. I get, um, that is probably the only thing I get in hard copy. Really? I love to read it on airplanes. Yeah. That's when I read it, generally, is when I'm on an airplane. Okay, speaking of airplanes, I'm going to jump. I'm mm -hmm. going to jump around for you because I'm sure. excited. So, um, first of all, you do fly airplanes, which I do. is amazing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, 
And I think it's really, I think pilots are interesting because mm-hmm. you're risk takers, but you're also calculated. Yeah. Right? It goes back to your planning piece. It's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. Right? Yeah. Do you like a good high, man? Yeah, I right? do. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but that wasn't what I was going to ask yeah. about. I've, um, talk a little bit about Empower because from what I've heard uh-huh. is that you guys are doing some things uniquely and you're kind of changing yeah. with the times. So what's the most recent yeah, so uh, change or ideation fo- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, those are that's a great question. First of all, on the on the flying, you just made yeah. me realize something. Yeah, because that is flying is me because very checklist oriented. Yeah, right, right. You got to go down your checklist. You don't ever want to. You, you can't point. pull that thing over in in, in midair, right? No man. So you want to go through your checklist, but it's also the rush, right? Yeah. And actually, the the flying I love the most is when I'm actually by myself. Really, you know, and I'm up there alone, and I'm like going over the mountains from Cincinnati to Knoxville. It's just beautiful. Um, Wait, hold on. Are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? I think I'm more of an introvert, believe it or not. Yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah, I really, I mean, when I'm around my buddies, you know, well, I'm different. different. But yeah. yeah, I do I do think I'm a little bit more of an introvert. Uh, so innovation and empower, yeah. you know, I, I'm a big believer in having a, a portfolio of options. So I like to tinker. I like to, I did get to hear David Taylor uh, the CEO of PNG talk yesterday, and he really validated a lot of things that I was working on, which is lots of small bets. As you know, PNG is, yeah. is changing tremendously with their ventures uh, group and just how they think about how they bring new technology into the company. And very much the same way, you know, I obviously don't have the the R and D budget that PNG has, but what I've really developed is lots of interesting partnerships. Um, one I'm actually most proud of, and I know you've talked to some people like Rob McDonald, the brandery folks and all that. And uh, I found a, a company uh, just through a cold call that was actually in the Ocean Accelerator originally. Yeah, yes. Um, and then uh, got them into the brandery. And they were trying to solve a problem around marketing within social media for small businesses. Okay. And actually through some consultation and some convincing, I they agreed to try to help us solve a problem at Empower. So developed a partnership with them, and we're almost three years in now where they've completely revamped a product of ours, um, and they're physically located in our in our building. There's uh, nine of them, and uh, it's it's a product that's in the programmatic media space, so it's supply and demand of media. Okay, and I don't really it's a know what bit, that means. It's a little but... bit complicated, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, media, the way it's bought and sold used to be very much via phone and fax machines and old school negotiation. Well, now yeah. it's very much done through digital means. Okay. Uh, and these folks have helped us build a product uh, where we've actually applied AI to it and it's become a smarter, more sophisticated way to plan and buy media very much against audiences, very measurable, very ROI driven. And um, it, we call it clear trade. Um, so it's like trading of stocks. If you have a Schwab account or something like that, that's so cool. Very much how we trade and, and plan and buy media and get the best pricing and the best targeting. And this group, James and Tanya, they're Australian. Uh, they're just culturally an amazing fit for our company, and we've developed a really innovative product that's driving new streams of revenue for us and allows us to leverage client budgets outside of our just typical work for hire. It's very uh, much a product. Okay. So. Uh, so are you investing in new products and services so that you can, so they're kind of part of your portfolio? So you're not just working for 
uh, brands. Yes. You're working for your own brands now. That's right. And right? um, yeah, so we have we have some new, we have another product we call Media Exchange. We have another product we call Media Agent, which is a product specifically for uh, owners of licensees and franchisee operations. So we work for like 40 different Wendy's um, uh, wow. markets, different markets. So just changing about how we go to market uh, then just empower it's specific. Uh, and we have a lot of intelligent, like research products. How we did do. you figure this out? That's what, you because know, this is unique. Yeah. And I say, you know, we're very much a company that's, uh, that's evolved. Um, we're always kind of, we have acronyms like we are, one of my favorite acronyms is the N NBDB, never been done before. <laughs> so we're very much a company that's trying to do things that are different, uh, that, you know, we're, we fast follow a little bit in our, in our industry, but for the most part, we're, we're always pushing innovation. Um, and you know, it's kind of a, a catch all word innovation, but for us, it's very deliberate. Yeah. It has to be deliberate because we don't have huge budgets to invest in some of our own products. So we do partnerships. Um, and those are actually more agile and nimble and they can change. A lot of these agencies will buy data or buy technology and the minute they buy it it's it's old it's antiquated yeah. you know the next thing is coming so we've we're a little bit more nimble and agile and i just i really believe in uh this deliberate approach so we have a process we go through and we 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 kind of gather business problems from our teams okay and then we determine how we might go uh find a product or a partnership that could solve that that business problem another area I'm really passionate about, which is still burgeoning or trying to get off the ground is we're actually trying to develop our own brands and be a client of ourselves. Yeah. Not that's just. What I was thought, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. And you know, Mitch Dunn, right? Yeah. Mitch yeah. told me about it. And yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah. So we have, we have a, a three direct consumer brands now that we're trying to get off the ground. It's slow going, but use our own teams. And I really believe in leveraging the talent in the service of ourselves, not just in the service of clients. Yeah. And it keeps it keeps the place a little spunky and different. That's what yeah. I was, yeah, and mm -hmm. goes back to your innovation piece. But that's mm -hmm. where I was, how did that concept come up? Was well, somebody else doing it and you guys were like, All A little right. bit. You know, there's definitely some agencies out there that there's, there's, a, there's one agency called Gin Lane that literally was working for clients and then they got rid of all that business and said, we're just going to create our own brands. So there's some people doing it, but for me, it all started essentially with this belief that, you know, with the Amazons and the Alibabas of the yeah. world today, getting your hands on product or designing or making a product isn't as hard as it used to be. Yeah. You, know, you can procure anything, right? Right, totally. And the where it, where the difference making comes is how you communicate that product, how you communicate about that product. Yes. As we know now with digital media and That's influencer. That's your differentiator, yes, right? Yeah. And so we're, we're trying to do some, some leather goods, a leather goods brand now. We're trying to do a lake brand. We're actually trying to do I a, heard about the lake brand. I think it's amazing. Can yeah. you describe the lake brand? Yeah, it's called brand? Intercoastal. Yeah. And it's, it's for people that love to live at the lake, you know, and yeah. be part of the lake culture. And there, we didn't find that there was any brand out there that was really speaking to that audience. No, because Vineyard Vines is so like yeah, coastal. ocean, coastal. Yeah, yeah. East Coast, you yeah. know. And uh, so we're, we're trying that. It's it's slow going, you know. We're trying to figure out what the right products are. We've got some print-on-demand stuff, some some bracelets, some, uh, you know, cases for your phone, things like that. But uh, we're trying to, you know, be our own client and see, you know, how we can do it. And also we have this positioning around creative media. So we're trying to get creative and media back together 
And sometimes our clients don't let us because, do it. Because for the most part, they're separate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They've, they've really they've really separated over the years. Uh, and that's where cl- a lot of clients' frustration come with because, you know, in social and some of these always-on media forms, the creative and the media have to work very closely. It's right. not about buying your TV where you can have one or two spots a quarter and you can just kind of set it and forget it. Now we're very much in a, an always-on optimization environment. That requires a lot of different messages with the media. Okay. And we also say direct-to-consumer allows us to do some things where, you know, sometimes we do say clients are full of no. Yes. <laughs> and when clients are full of no, we want to go do things that they might not let us do. And this is like our canvas, to you do know, it. to do it. And so... When did that start? Uh, it's been around a couple years and, you know, Mitch is full, almost full time on it. And we have a couple other consultants that work on it and then we try to leverage some of our, our people, but it's, 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 you know, it's learning and it's trying and it's, you know, just pushing the envelope forward. And will we ever get to a, a brand that we feel like we can, you know, call our own that has some real traction? Maybe, maybe not, but, uh, by God, we're going to just keep trying. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's trying. really cool. Yeah. So you never know. Yeah. You just never know what you might run into and what you might uh, you might stumble upon one day. And I I lo- I really like having those capabilities, and I like I just like different sometimes. Yeah. And going back to your comment earlier, you're a future thinker. Yeah. So that probably gets you up in the morning, gets you excited. It does. It really gets me excited. And I wish I had more time to work on it, frankly. And I just I'm a big fan of direct consumer brands. You know, I mean, I love. They're so disruptive, right? To big brands yeah. and to our lifestyle. And the fact that this stuff can just show up on my doorstep, you know, it's just, it's amazing. it's amazing, isn't it? It's just, and it's, it's, it's something, it's, it's something to talk about too, you yes. know, it's just different. And it's people a- love to share recommendations about, you know, different things they, they ran, you know, like, it's like, oh, are those all birds? You know, yeah. like, whoa, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Well, and, and it's almost like people love to share recommendations for anything. Yeah. Like a good podcast or something like that. <laughs> or a favorite show. I'm doing a plug. But it's true. Yeah. Right? They love, it's a good, it is, mm-hmm. it's like a healthy, interesting conversation. It really is. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to jump again. Yeah, Because I sure. can do that with you. Mm-hmm. Um. This is a big question. So if you need a pause, we can pause for okay. this. And I literally thought of it while I was talking to you. Okay. For you, this is individually, who do you want to be a hero to? Who do I want to be a hero to? Yeah. Gosh. Well, I mean, the the canned answer, right, is your your children probably, right? I mean, that's the easy one to to check off. Uh gosh, I was I was actually uh coaching basketball on Sunday. For the first time in my life, which was a nerve-wracking experience to coach first and second graders, Goodness, you know, I know it was took so much patience, and I I was like, man, you know, to be a coach or to be a leader, you know, you you kind of want to be the you kind of want to be the hero a little bit because you're like, you want to be the one that took them into the unknown, you know? Yeah. I I think I wrote this thing down because I loved it. Um, you know, leaders are willing to go where most won't go by themselves, Mm. you know? And I'm like, I kind of want to be that person that goes somewhere that other people weren't, aren't willing to go by themselves. That's kind of like, I think if, if I wanted to be a hero, it's to those people that are like, man, where should, we're not quite sure where we should be going. And I can show them 
where the world is going and where I think we need to go as a company or even a family or- Or even the city. Or the city, yeah. Yeah. Your email. Yeah. And I have a real passion for the city. And uh, I mean, we all have our opinions, right? I Um, have a real passion for the city. Yeah. I know you do. And uh, this city needs a little bit more edge, you know, sometimes because we have- we have what it takes. It's just how we're telling the story. And, I want to, uh, and, and if I may, for any listeners that have any ideas around that edge, to reach out to you or to me about that. Because I 100%. think people have ideas, but sometimes they don't know what the next step is or who to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm part of a, a future city team that I know you've had Jill on before. And yeah. I, I think a lot of her, and I think she's doing the the best she can with the chamber and, and pushing the envelope forward. Uh, but I am part of a team that she's curated uh, and part of the strategic planning team for the chamber. And I'm excited to to think about what the future city. And the problem half the time is, you know, we really got to be thinking what we want our city to look like in 20 years. Yes. And do some of that work now. We also uh, have to start thinking about, because do you know I facilitated um, all the the initial group for Jill on that. You oh, were there, but yeah, okay. Phil Castellini was there. And oh, Jill. nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I know what you're talking about, and I'm yeah. so happy that's mo- that. Yeah. Is happening, but the talent here, the talent here, the world is going to look different mm-hmm. in 20 years. People well, are going to look different, and mm-hmm. we've got to attract talent to Cincinnati that don't necessarily look like you and me. Exactly, and we're dealing with. Lots of moving parts in this city, right? Lots of different governments and entities, and there needs to be a little bit more collaboration between those. But to do that, there needs to be, you know, one common kind of vision or North Star. Do you feel like we're going to have that? I hope so. You know, um, it is hard. A lot of people, if I hear this place called, if I hear Cincinnati called the Queen City one more time, I'm probably going to flip out. Uh, because there's what? actually, I don't know Why? if you, Jerry Kathman showed me this research, who I have a lot of respect for. He and I are very much aligned. He ran LPK yeah, for yeah. years. Uh, but uh, he showed me some research that there's actually 25 cities that call themselves the Queen City. And so, um, and it's just kind of an old old thing to hold your hat on, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. it's how, do we, how do we talk about who we want to be in 20 years? I mean, you go to Toronto and, you know, Google's building these smart cities and you, you go to... Um, even a place like Pittsburgh, you know, that's very much about, you know, the the innovation around AI and what they did Are with they? Uber. And, yeah, I mean, there's and there's all there's and everyone. Detroit's up and coming. Yeah, Detroit's right? up and coming. Um, you know, with what Dan Gilbert's done there, and you know, but I would just, uh, you know, we lost Dahani to Detroit, right? I I, yeah. So, so people that don't know Dahani <laughs> Jones, he was a great mover and a shaker here, and he moved yeah. to Detroit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, there's so much, and the the city has so much wonderful opportunity and talent. And as we all know, um, I, what did I hear at CES? Someone said the middle's a lot better, or something, or something about like talking about the Midwest. You know, <laughs> it's like we we this is our time, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is, our time. is. You're right about that. Yeah, and so we got to strike while the iron's hot. And I was I was talk I wasn't talking to a New Yorker when I was out in Las Vegas and. She's a 25, 26-year-old, and she's like, yeah, people are just getting fed up with this, The what's going on on the coast, you know, just, you know. I mean, talk to Chad Sumi. I don't know if you know him at Quotient, you know. No. he they. It's interesting. Quotient is an amazing story. They've now with uh, Ahology and, and Bob Gilbreth's company okay. came into Quotient, but 
they have, uh, you ask him, they have you know, as many people in Silicon Valley as they do. I think Cincinnati now has a, a few more people than they do. And this is probably, I don't know, call it six, 700 people in quotient. Wow. But he, is, he was telling me how there's people in their Silicon Valley office who are like, can I come to Cincinnati? No way. It used to be, right? The, the opposite. opposite. Right? Now it's it's totally flipped. And uh, yeah, Chad would be a great person to talk to. He's an yeah. amazing, really smart uh, man. He was uh, uh, in a, he spent, he was a Navy guy and spent like five or six years in a submarine. What? Yeah. Then went to PNG and is now running uh, Quotient here. It's an amazing oh company. God. Yeah. So, so uh, talent. Mm-hmm. Wait, what what was before the Quotient thing? What were we just talking about? I don't I wanted remember. to ask you. Pickles. It was, <laughs> it was a gutting talent. Future city. Oh, okay. I got it. Oh, yeah. I got it. I got it. Um, okay. For those who are listening who are like jazzed about it, they've got mm. energy behind it. What can they do? In Cincinnati? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, I, I, I am a big believer in getting your hands dirty, you know, and getting down and figuring it out yourself. Uh, I, I've, I've been uh, lucky to run into some people that really pushed me to get involved in certain organizations, um, because I talk to some people that have been on boards of things and if I get involved, I really like, kind of like to, to do it, you know, so I, I love Starfire, um, and I've always mentored kids that, uh, that have a disability or uh, I'm a big guy of inclusion and diversity, you know, so I've always picked my my battles in that arena, the Cincinnati Youth Collaborative, you know, I'm, I'm mentored for 20 years. Uh, wow. I have a mentee right now. Um, so I think, you know, finding where your passion is um, and knowing that just a, something little, even if you feel like you're only helping one person, it totally changes your perspective to help you influence more, a lot. You know, a little can yeah. influence your mind. It didn't influence a lot, especially if you're a person of influence that, you know, works with a lot of companies or has a lot of employees. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because my goal for the podcast is that just one person a day listens to a message and gets something out of one of the episodes and, and is inspired or does something differently because of it. Just one person. That's a, that is a, a great goal to have. How are you going to measure that? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Can you help me with that? Well, yeah, I can see what I could do. Yeah, well, there's pro- there's probably some analytics that we can slap on that, right? Uh, you know, podcasts. I mean, they're they're getting more measurable. I think you know the dynamic. You can dynamically insert ads into podcasts now. They, I know. T- they tell and, me at yeah, the office. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. We can. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I set a goal for myself this yeah. year. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I the I've said how can I 52 weeks? I wrote down 52 names of people. I went through my LinkedIn and my Facebook. Yeah. And I said, and most of these people are people that I wouldn't talk to every other day, every day, or I'm saying that often. So you might be on this list, right? So I would say just one a week. How do I, I want to call this person and or see this person. I want to try to do one a week. That's amazing. Yeah. And these are people like ex business colleagues or college buddies that I was, that I knew that I haven't talked to in like five years. I was, I was trying to like, just as I drive home or drive to work in the morning, you know, just try to call oh. them and uh, connect. connect. Yeah. And it could just be, hi, how you doing? I just want to say hi. That was one goal I set from in my little ink and volt book. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've had so many 
wonderful uh, things happen to me by people that have just come out of the woodwork all of a sudden, you know, and, you know, just said, for whatever reason, you know, they called me or an ex, a lot of, you know, ex-employees, frankly, or ex-clients, you know, and things. So I just believe in that motion. You just never know when someone's going to, you know, so keeping in touch with people is important. So yeah, and I I I really love that because I the the whole connection piece is huge. Um, but going back to your earlier comment that people is like eighty mm-hmm. percent of your costs or whatever you yeah. said, and they're important. They're imperative to the success of your business, mm-hmm. and we have to be people oriented. Yes. You have to be to be successful for your company. You have to be. Yeah, you have to be. I mean, it's that's what makes the world go around. Yeah, <laughs> and it's hard because you know the two big parties at our company are last year. You know, it's tech and talent. I mean, that's kind of and it's and it, what's it, it this year? Well, I would say last year was a little bit of tech. This year, it's more focusing <laughs> on the talent. Yeah, and in more specific things we're doing to attract and retain talent. Yeah, like initiatives. Like we do things, but we haven't been completely as deliberate as we should about talent. Just kind of taking it for granted. Um, and we're we're just going to be much more strategic about our talent, just like we are about our capabilities and our tech and all that kind of stuff. But it that is the way of the world, right? It's like we have this amazing technology and all these things that can automate things, but it's still, you need the right talent to run it yeah. and to decipher it and to pull an inside out or to make a decision around the, the technology that enables us to do things. So that, that, that if I had to boil it down simply, I mean, it probably applies to 99% of the industries, you know, that's tech and talented these days. And um, I, I do, I do like to strip the complexity out of things so that we can really focus on what's important. And those are the two I've tried to, you know, I think sometimes it's not what you do, it's what you actually do consistently. Yeah. And that consistent messaging, you know, is really, really important to keep doing. Yeah. So. Well, um, that's a wrap. That, <laughs> I loved that ending point. Thanks. We actually went over than okay, I normally did because right, I didn't want to stop it. It was too good. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. I've really enjoyed it. And it's uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. And, and uh, you know, back when I knew you in high school, did, did, I never expected to sit here in this room and have you interview me. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> it is really cool. Thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. I want to thank our sponsor, Corporate Consciousness, and everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Fail Forward Pod.